welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Charles Kaufman, your host and senior editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, deputy editor of Cargo Facts. For those of you tuning in today, thank you for joining us. Jeff, it was great to see you, um, what is it, last month now, um, it's already been a few weeks in Las Vegas for Cargo Facts Symposium. The way I remember it, it seems uh, just like yesterday. Yeah, it was already two weeks ago. Um, and yes, it was lovely to connect and reconnect with a record number of delegates during uh, this important event, as well as catch up with you and Karen and everyone on the team. Uh, and I'm now back in Hong Kong in quarantine. That uh, that doesn't sound quite as fun. <laughs> no, but at least uh, I can see quite a few freighters taking off from uh, from the airport here, so it's not too bad. Yeah, it definitely uh, could could be worse. Uh, what are some of the aircraft you've seen recently? I obviously have yeah, seen a lot of DHL aircraft. I've seen some, um, well, Aerologic 777s, Southern Air 777s, of course, Cathay and Atlas 747s. Um, I also did just see an S7 Airlines uh, 737-800 BCF. So that was quite interesting. And of course, you know, that plane is very uh, distinctive. Yeah, no doubt. And there are only a few in service. It's always fun to write about an aircraft and then uh, actually watch it take off. I, I don't see that <laughs> quite as often in Seattle, uh, say for the Amazon Air Fleet. Um, but right. anyway, uh, going back to Cargo Pack Symposium, as we had predicted going into the conference, uh, you know, many of the discussions did look ahead to the future of wide-body production freighter options, uh, particularly beyond that ever-important ICAO CO2 reduction implementation deadline in 2027. Um, for those of you who were not there with us live, we have written about many of the key takeaways from CargoFax Symposium. Those stories are available to subscribers on our website. Uh, but, you know, in my opinion, just as interesting uh, has been that in, in recent weeks, we've seen some pretty major developments in the wide body space um, just since the conference. Jeff, we published a story last week on a transaction involving two 747-8F freighters. Why was this story important? So sometime last year, we reported that Saudi Cargo had both of its 747-8Fs parked in the desert there since uh, since very early 2020. And those aircraft have not operated a single commercial flight since the, since the onset of the pandemic. But it now appears they will finally be leaving Saudi Arabia and put to work because aircraft finance Germany through a, an Irish subsidiary has facilitated a deal to acquire these aircraft from Saudi and, and remarket them to an aviation conglomerate in China called Hongyuan Group. Um, and I think Hongyuan has been working with uh, Aerotrans Cargo and using some of their 747 freighter capacity between China and Europe, but still this is a bit of a surprising move, isn't it? Well, certainly. Uh, going from uh, you know leasing 747-400 capacity to owning or or at least committing to 747-8 capacity on a long-term basis is a pretty significant move. 
you know, but we, we do know that the Hongyuan group is heavily involved in cross-border e-commerce flows between China and Europe, and there's a lot of activity, especially now that Tainiao, uh, Alibaba's logistics affiliate, has opened its uh, its Liege airport facility, and, and so we expect to see activity between um, between China and, and some of um, Alibaba's other uh, regional hubs uh, to Liege to pick up in the months ahead. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think, you know, Hong Yuan at this stage is not really set up to operate 747-8 freighters. Uh, they, they have been in talks with Airbridge Cargo to potentially operate those aircraft on a CMI basis. Um, but we've, we've heard from Airbridge uh, that the agreement is not yet final. And so at this point, we could still see these aircraft end up on another operator's AOC. Uh, Hong Yuan is looking to reactivate the aircraft by early next year. Um, you know, they're, they're targeting the first quarter. And we have seen the first uh, freighter ferried uh, from Jeddah to an MRO in, in Sharjah. So, you know, we, we should have a clearer picture pretty soon. Uh, that 747s aside, we've, <laughs> we've we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast that uh, production for that, that aircraft program is coming to an end. Um, this week, we reported a story on a major development from Airbus uh, regarding the details of their forthcoming A350 freighter. Uh, what did we learn there, Jeff? Right. We finally have uh, a bit more detail on, on this upcoming freighter. So um, Airbus has confirmed to Cargofax that the A350 freighter will have a maximum of 30 pallet positions and a, a maximum structural payload of 109 tons over 4,700 nautical miles or uh, 92 tons of volumetric capacity at 6,000 nautical miles. Right. And it, you know, we, we've known for, for some time now that uh, Airbus launched this program. Why are these these new data points meaningful? Well, uh, up until now, there had been some uncertainty as to the exact uh, specifications of this freighter because Airbus's CEO was deliberately vague in, in July and only said that the payload would be above 90 tons. Um, and so now we know that it's actually quite a bit more than 90 tons. Um, and that makes the aircraft much more competitive with the, with the 777 freighter. Uh, which has a maximum structural payload of around 107 tons over 4,970 nautical miles. Um, and Airbus has also confirmed to us the, the actual length of the A350 freighter. Um, and it's going to be just a tiny bit shorter than the passenger 1000 uh, variant. Meanwhile, Boeing, of course, as we know, is planning to launch a freighter based on the 777X platform, um, but there's still quite a lot to define with that program and we'll have to see how it compares with the current 777F. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, obviously, um, you know, a good benchmark to compare the A350 freighter to the legacy 777 freighter and, you know, some of the other wide bodies on the market that are uh, in, in use today, but uh, we, we do know that the 777X freighter is is likely right around the corner, so to speak, at least in terms of uh, the time it, it takes to develop uh, a new 
freighter variant for for that program. Speaking of of events and, and developments next week, uh, the Dubai Air Show returns. Uh, obviously, these forums and, and air shows are often a, a good um, opportunity for for companies to like, like Boeing and Airbus to announce major orders. Um, the, looking ahead to Dubai, you know, do you expect we'll hear more from either Boeing or Airbus at the event? Well, I mean, I would think that the, the air show would be a great place to launch a new production wide body freighter or to make an announcement um, on a launch customer, particularly if it's one of the, the region's operators. Um, and we know that several airlines have always liked to make big announcements at this show, so we'll see. Um, but I mean, what else should we be watching for next week during the show? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, apart from possible developments in the wide body production freighter space, I think, or at least I'm I'm hoping, <laughs> you know, that we, we might see some of the 777 orders uh, that have trickled in, um, in in recent months and have been attributed to unidentified customers in Boeing's order book. Uh, some of these orders uh, could be revealed during the show, you know, and then production freighters aside, there there has been interest for the 777-300ER passenger to freighter conversion uh, in in the Gulf region. Um, so, you know, I'll be watching for um, firm orders and and commitments with either IAI, um, which has cut metal on the um, the conformity aircraft for the 777-300ERSF, you know, potentially orders um, for the, the Mammoth or the other conversion programs that are out there as well. Um, and, and of course, the other medium-wide body conversion programs and, and the narrow body conversion programs might see some orders and commitments as well. Um, certainly, those types of announcements have surfaced in the past uh, at air shows. Um, and it remains, you know, we'll see um, what what exactly happens next week. Do you have a sense for um, for for what we saw at uh, the last Dubai Air Show? That was what in 2019. Seems like forever ago. It wasn't 2019. Um, and interestingly, I remember our story from that air show was um, was the fact that freighters were absent. Um, and I mean, I. Remember there being an Egypt Air A330-200 P2F, um, but there were actually no orders involving freighter aircraft. Um, but of course, that was because that may be because uh, partly because it followed um, a flurry of freighter activity at the Paris Air Show in June that year, um, and we saw a whole bunch of 737-800 BCF orders, um, among others, I think. But Obviously, we'll soon find out. Um, but for me, perhaps uh, the best way forward is not to expect anything at all. Um, so I can be pleasantly surprised if something happens. Yeah, I don't know about that uh, viewpoint. I'd rather uh, I'd rather see some. Uh, you know, this is this is the first return to a live air show, um, a major in-person air show uh, since the onset of the pandemic, and I think there's a lot of momentum and excitement. So. I, I'm really hoping for uh, some some movement from from some of the large players 
in our space. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, what, what happens uh, within just a few days. That is all the time we have for today. To those of you listening, thank you for tuning in to this episode of CargoFax Connect. And for more multimedia content like this, check out CargoFax.com and search CargoFax Connect on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. Join us again next time. Thank you.